everyone. Happy, happy spring. Happy March. Happy anything that's not this getting quarantine, please. Ah, <laughs> oh, y'all. I know we, we going through it right now. We really are. This quarantine has really gotten us going through it. And so that is why I decided to, to do an episode today. And that's why the episode is tentatively called, Hi There, I'm Your Feelings. Because guess what? I think a lot of us didn't realize we had them. <laughs> we didn't have, or that's not true. Not that we didn't realize we had them, but we don't really understand them. We don't really, really welcome them in. And this quarantine, for better or for worse, is really, really uh, having us sit down with those feelings, kind of at least just start going on a speed date with them and be like, yo, what's good feeling? Why are you here? What's going on? What are you interested in? What are you trying to do, right? <laughs> so hi there, I'm your feelings. I also um, thank you for those who answered my poll today. I polled on my Chiquita Poetry Instagram. I was like, who wants me to do a quarantine episode? And 100% of y'all said yes. So thank you. Thank you for that support. I hope that this isn't just another whack discussion about the quarantine. And I hope that it's something that actually be useful for people. But um, at the very least, it, I think it'll be helpful for me. Because there's a lot of things I think that are coming up for me during this time. And I mean, I just want to be able to process it too. So thank you for joining me and helping me process the feelings that are coming up for me as well. But before I get into the poem I have for y'all today, let's do let's do a quick check-in. How we doing? Honestly, for for someone as busy as and as a, my best friend in Madrid calls me a culo inquieto, um, as I am, sort of a antsy an antsy <laughs> an antsy mofo, I literally cannot sit down. It's just not in my nature. I'm actually doing a pretty good job. Um, I don't know what it is, but I've been doing really well and have actually been finding a very nice balance uh, between doing a bunch of things all the time, which is usually my MO, to kind of just relaxing. I've been watching um, Elite, oh my gosh, which if those of you don't know what it is, it's like Spanish Netflix show. I don't know how to describe it. I wish I could compare it to something else because, um, but I can't because if those of you who know me, like I literally never ever watch anything at all. And so it's very out of my uh, nature to be watching anything, but it's incredible. And I really love the show because it just gives me so much nostalgia about Madrid and like just the, the accents and the phrases. It's just hilarious. It's hilarious. And it just reminds me of, of when I used to live there. So I've been, I'm on the third season. I'm almost done. That's crazy for me to say. For me to be like, oh, I binge watched the season. Like that never happens. So I've been watching that. I have been working out. I mean, not crazy. Like I'm not doing things every day, but I do move my body. I genuinely enjoy moving my body. So I uh, have been trying to incorporate that into my days. Um, also, I'm really happy it was very hard, but I'm very happy because now that I have time, I spent some time with my mother over Zoom. Oh my gosh, setting this thing up was freaking crazy. But long story short is my mom has really been trying to amp up her technology game and learn how to promote things on Instagram. And a lot of times, you know, that can be really frustrating <laughs> teaching our parents like how to use technology. And it has been, but like in my mom's defense, 
her devices are just mad complicated. Like technology really does not like my mother because something that I think is actually quite straightforward. And I'm like, okay, even though she has an Android and I have an iPhone, this task is not challenging and I can do it and it really won't be a problem, right? It just won't work out for her. She will get like pop-up windows that I've never seen before, questions that I've never seen before. And I'm like, oh my God. So just imagine me sitting for two hours <laughs> on Zoom and having my mom turn her phone screen to the webcam so I could see what she was doing. It was madness, but um, this has been a long time coming. My mother has wanted me to teach her how to use technology for a minute. And I'm actually really grateful for this time, this free time that I have when I'm not working to dedicate to her. And I, you know, I am an educator. I'm a good teacher. And she says, you're, you're the best teacher. Like you're so good at explaining things. And it's the least I can do for my mom. So I love you, mom. I hope you're, (laughs) I gave her a homework assignment that she needs to post a certain amount of Instagram posts like a week so that I know that she knows how to do it and all that stuff. So Ah, so that's kind of, oh, and I've been cooking, which I don't really do. I'm more of just an eater. I usually just eat and am cooked for, but I've actually started to cook because I'm, you know, it's, it's a skill. And I've been, something that I've been changing my mindset is sort of, I used to look at cooking as just such a chore. Cause like, I don't know, like it, one, it doesn't come naturally to me. I'm more of a recipe follower to be quite honest. Um, it doesn't come naturally to me. So I'm just kind of like, oh, I just want to get this freaking thing done so I can eat already and get on with my day, which is really ironic because I'm such a foodie. But anyways, that's just not been my experience. But I remember the other day I was making like some, the most extravagant thing I've ever made in my life. And (laughs) I was just like, oh my gosh, this is taking so long. But then I was like, girl, you're in a quarantine right now. You ain't got nowhere to be really, you know, so there are a lot, there's a lot of time. And I just kind of changed my mindset to this is a means to an end, meaning I just have to get through this cooking in order to eat to this is how I'm spending my time. And this is worth my time. And this in and of itself is something that's curious and exciting and, and deserves my attention. So that's been really helpful. Um, yeah, so how are y'all doing? I mean, I'm obviously can't hear you. <laughs> But let me know how you're doing. I'd love to chat about on the next episode what all of y'all have been up to. I've seen some really creative things. I've seen people, I mean, my mom's going to start making masks, even though I already told her they're not, they're not worth your time. But whatever. Hey, it's a craft. People doing puzzles, people um, being entrepreneurial and all that stuff. And, uh, and that's great. I'm really excited to see. I'm so excited to see actually like all the creativity that is sparked out of this quarantine. Um, just, you know, what happens when your routine, you're completely just taken off the rails, you know, of your routine, what happens? Who, who are you? Who do you become? You know, who are you when you don't have your, your routine, your daily work routine, um, to go to? And when you have to stay home for so many hours, like what are the parts of you that you haven't tapped into? You know what I mean? Ooh, anyways. That was my check-in. So thanks. Thanks for listening. Um, so this podcast episode is very related to all of what I just said. All these questions about what's new about this quarantine, like what these things bring up for, up for us. And that's why I tentatively called this episode, Hi There, I'm Your Feelings. I wanted to talk about feelings, one, because I always talk about feelings, but secondly, because I think that 
the quarantine is making us go through it. We are going through it. <laughs> uh, we're going through all of the feelings. We're going through anger. We're going through frustration. There's a lot of fear. But I titled this episode, Hi There, I'm Your Feelings, because um, to be quite honest, I don't think we, I don't, I don't think it was until this quarantine that a lot of us realized that we don't know our feelings at all. We know nothing about them. Because if you're anything like me, you're too busy uh, doing things to really pay attention to your feelings and get to know them. Um, so today we're going to talk about it. And to introduce or to start talking about it, I got a little poem for y'all. So this is a tiny, tiny poem. Uh, one of my most micro poems as of yet. And I wrote it in May of last year uh, when I was still living in Madrid. And it goes a little something like this. The only way over your sadness is through it. Brace yourself. I'm going to read that again. The only way over your sadness is through it. Brace yourself. You know, I used to say that I was really bad at being sad. And what I meant by this was not that, like, I don't cry or that I don't experience difficult emotions. Uh, what I meant to say was, like, I'm people deal with their sadness differently. And I am of those people who's like, oh, my gosh, I'm feeling sad. And so I'm going to do a bunch of things so I don't have to feel the sadness. So, honestly, I feel like I'm almost most productive <laughs> when I'm sad. I start having all these creative ideas. I start thinking of a million things. I start talking to people. Oh my gosh. I'm totally that person who like when I'm feeling sad, I reach out to other people to hear about what they're going through so that I don't have to deal with what I'm going through. Cause sometimes it feels easier to deal with other people's problems than your own. I'm absolutely that person. Anyways, I never, and I'm still not great at it, will go through my sadness. What I do is I feel it and I compartmentalize it. I put it in this little box next to me as far away as I can. And I'm like, all right, sadness, you stay in that box. And I don't want to hear from you. So don't come out. <laughs> and that's how. I, and then, and then you know, what's funny is like, I put that box there. That box is not going anywhere. It's not, it's not moving. But I think that if I could just put the sadness to the side in this little box, that it won't bother me. But really what ends up happening, at least in my experience, is the sadness just kind of grows in there. And the thing is, is you can still see the sadness from your periphery. It still comes up. And what you end up doing is you just, you get upset that you, that you're, that you're still sad. And it's like, well, no, yeah, because it's still sitting in that box where you, <laughs> where you put it. You didn't like, think of, think of your sadness as like, as the child that's inside of you, right? The child that's upset. Imagine you put that child in the corner. It's crying. It's still crying. It has not stopped crying. And you're just like, oh my gosh, why is this child still crying? And it's like, well, because you haven't addressed what's going on. You haven't addressed why this child is, is crying. You haven't comforted it. You haven't... And the thing is, too, is sometimes if we think that dealing with sadness is like, you you jump to the comforting part, you're just kind of like, okay, okay, sh 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 like, it's fine, it's fine. But like, do you actually even understand why the sadness exists to begin with? It No, hi there, I'm your feelings. 
no, that's what your sadness is telling you. Like, hi there, hello. Um, I actually have some things to say, some things to show you, um, but you're too busy trying to shut me up that uh, I haven't gotten a chance to do that. So if you would give me a second. <laughs> and that's why there's only one way over the sadness is is through it. You just got to go. You just got to go through it. Literally, you really got to go through it. Um, I got to give a shout out to my really good friend from college, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Mealy. Please follow her on Instagram. She's an incredible artist, uh, photographer, videographer, among dancer, among other things. Uh, her Instagram handle is at Elizabeth Mealy, Mealy spelled M-E-A-L-E-Y. I'll put it in the show notes. But I had an incredible conversation with Elizabeth the other day. We're talking about all sorts of things. But in having this conversation, Elizabeth was like, she said, you know, Genesis, I I don't know how she kind of had the epiphany, but she's like, I've just started to give myself permission to do things. She was talking about um, her friends, her roommates, encouraging her to have like an art showing in her house. And Elizabeth was like, well, like, I don't feel like I'm an art, that kind of artist. Like, what, you know, who am I to be having a gallery in my own house and blah, blah, blah. You know, these stories that we tell ourselves. And she just was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself permission to do this. She's like, the cool thing that you want to do, whatever that cool thing is, you want to get a tattoo. You want to uh, cut your hair. You want to dye your hair. You want to you know, make music, you want to start playing the flute, (laughs) whatever that thing is for you. She's just like, give yourself permission to do it. And that wording, I had to write it down, literally, we're mid FaceTime, and I had to take out a piece of paper and write it down, because the wording is so important. It's like, what we often lose the battle with ourselves first, right? It's like before anybody else could say, you know what, Elizabeth, you really shouldn't have had that photo gallery. You lose the battle first within yourself. And you're like, I'm going to beat them to it. And I'm just not going to have it at all. So that I don't have to face that. None of that. You are doing that, right? You are the one who sent, you're the one who's not permitting yourself to do the damn thing. The damn thing that it is that you want to do. And so give yourself permission. You, people listening to this podcast we are adults. The yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't imagine any children listening to this. We are adults, and so any of these stories that we tell ourselves that say we cannot do a thing, you did that. That is your story. You're the director of your own movie, and you're the one who said you can't do that. So give yourself permission to do that thing, and the same thing goes for your feelings. Give yourself permission to feel sad. Why can't we feel sad? Especially during these times. It is extreme. It is so sad that we can't, you know, people who cannot be around their loved ones because they risk, you know, spreading the contagion or, you know, you can't see your coworkers who are your only source of community or, you know, work gives you value and being in an office gives you value and you can't be there. Like there are so many things to be sad about. So why can't we give ourselves the permission to be sad, you know, and, and just experience that sadness? And I also have to give another shout out to uh, my really good friend, one of my best friends here in San Diego, Chelsea Weaver. That's her, <laughs> the Spanish pronunciation of her name, Chelsea Weaver. Thank you, because last night she literally sent me this very impactful article 
from the Harvard Business Review. I don't, I don't really read that, but um, it was very on point. And it was pretty much saying that the title of the article was like, that uncomfortable feeling you're feeling right now, as in during the quarantine, is actually grief. At first, I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to equate grief with what's going on. But the article, I put the article in the show notes, actually, if uh, I have enough word count <laughs> for it. But it, the way it talked about it was so just on point. Just like all of the things we're experiencing, like the five stages of grief, like at first you're in denial, you're like, I'm not going to get sick to um, what's, I can't remember all the stages, but it's just so true. Like all of it is true. And we are experiencing grief right now. Our whole lives to varying degrees, of course, are literally nothing like they were a few weeks ago. For others around the world, longer or shorter, right? But our lives are completely different. And we don't realize that we create identities around the things that we do, around our jobs, around who we interact with, around our hobbies. All of these things are part, are how we construct our identity. And all of a sudden, all of those things have changed dramatically. I was talking about this earlier, but like, yeah, who are you? I was, you know, people, who are you if you're not going to work? Are you still that person, right? Like, and there can be grief and loss surrounding that, right? So I just wanted a quote. I have two quotes from the article and about why um, this, I feel like this article just hits the nail on the friggin' head about why we're so afraid to feel sadness and why people like me are like, no, I don't want to do it. I think it's inefficient to deal with sadness. Here's what it says. It says, one unfortunate byproduct of the self-help movement is we're the first generation to have feelings about our feelings. I'm going to say that one more time. We're the first generation to have feelings about our feelings. Oh my gosh, that's me in a freaking nutshell. Then it continues. We tell ourselves things like, I feel sad, but I shouldn't feel that. We can and we should stop at the first feeling, I feel sad. Your work is to feel your sadness and fear and anger whether or not someone else is feeling something. Fighting it doesn't help because your body is producing the feeling. Sometimes we try not to feel what we're feeling because we have this image of a quote-unquote gang of feelings. If I feel sad and let that in, it'll never go away. The truth is, a feeling moves through us. We feel it, and it goes, and then we go to the next feeling. It's absurd to think we shouldn't feel grief right now. Let yourself feel the grief and keep going. Bam! Yo, that got me... Ooh, And I was like, and this... It was actually reading... So thank you, Chelsea. It was actually reading this article that I remembered my poem. The, the only way over your sadness is through it. You can't, if your sadness is sitting in that corner and it's not going to go anywhere, then, and let's just say like things keep coming up for you. You keep piling on these boxes of sadness because you haven't dealt with them. You're going to run out of space to feel other things. And when you run out of space to feel other, other things, that's when it really, that's probably where we feel like the gang of feelings. We're like, oh my gosh, it's going to overwhelm me. But I feel like we get to that point because we just don't deal with the sadness as it comes, you know? 
something happens and you feel sad. And here's what I believe is that I feel like one, not not the only thing, but one of the things that's underlying this whole like, I can't let these feelings overwhelm me. One is because we're afraid of sadness and we don't want to dwell in sadness forever because it's uncomfortable. And I definitely understand that. But at least in my case, I feel like there's this underlying, I am a perfectionist and an overworker. And I am literally terrified at the thought of my sadness um, keeping me from being productive. I'm so terrified of like not spending my days most most efficiently. <laughs> that uh, so I'm like I can't feel sad because I ain't got time for this. But the truth the truth is, especially now, y'all, we in a quarantine. Especially now, you do got the time, and that's the straight up truth. And even if we quote unquote didn't have the time, even if we weren't in a quarantine right now, you got to make the time. Because I'm telling you, those boxes of sadness will continue to pile up. And then all of a sudden, it kind of just, they just all come out at the same time or topple over. And then you really won't know what to do, you know, or not that you won't know what to do, but that it'll be, it'll be a lot more overwhelming and harder to come to terms with. So, um, yeah, just, you know, go through your sadness. And I actually, in my personal life of probably one of the only times (laughs) that... I think I actually really went through my sadness. I have a shout out to another incredible, incredible artist, painter, uh, my Portuguese friend, Teresa. I put her account in the, in the show notes as well. Um, Teresa was very helpful to me because I was experiencing a lot of sadness and grief over a lost uh, romantic interest. And I was just talking to her and I was like, oh my gosh, like I just can't stop thinking about things and I can't stop having memories and all this stuff and she literally told me I thought she was she was totally joking I thought she was just like saying this to to say have something to say but Teresa is a very wise soul she's a Pisces um very much a feeling person you should really look at her account at Teresa da Arrega A-R-E-G-A Teresa without an H um her art is just so beautiful and I think captures emotions so vividly in paintings and sceneries and everything. And, and she's also, she writes poetry on her paintings, which is like just so dope. Anyways, if anyone would know about emotions, it would be Teresa. And she was just like, Genesis, here's what you're going to do. Because what I was doing was compartmentalizing, like I always do. And she was like, you're going to go watch the movie Love Actually. <laughs> and I was like, okay um love actually is like that really cheesy movie um with all the characters anyway whatever she's like you're gonna go watch that movie and then you're going to listen to all of the songs that remind you of your experience and I was like I was like no way I was like I'm not gonna subject myself to that she goes just do it just do it good memories bad memories just put all put on all of the songs that make you feel you know all of these feelings so I took her advice it I did I first I watched love actually and I realized that I actually had never really seen that movie and then after that I uh, made a playlist and listened to all of these songs and bawled I bawled I laughed I cried I giggled I did all of these things and went through the sadness I went through it that's what it, it re, that's exactly what it felt like 
going through the sadness, not trying to ignore it, not getting what this guy in the article says, not um, having a feeling about a feeling, not judging my feeling and being like, oh, I shouldn't feel sad, but just going through the feeling. And what I realized was that it just was easier after that. You know, not that the sadness didn't come up again, but when it did, I just kind of felt it. And then like the dude says, the feeling moves through us, we feel it, it goes, and then we go on to the next feeling. And that's exactly what happens. And we don't realize that that's what happens every day. It is like a child. The child throws a tantrum, you talk to it, they're like, <laughs> like how I said it, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be offensive to children, I'm clearly not ready to be a mother. Uh, you talk to your child, and then the next moment they're like, you know what, I'm kind of hungry, right? And then it's just that that is what we do as a human being. That is what we do every day. We just cycle through just various emotions, um, boredom, excitement, laughter. I don't know if these are actions or emotions, but whatever you get what I'm saying. And it was just so true. So I've only, I feel like that is my clearest example of a time where I actually went through the sadness. And as my poem said, I had to brace myself because it wasn't easy, but the payoff of going through it and feeling everything that I needed to feel just was was great. After that, I felt lighter and I felt less afraid of all of what that sadness hold or could hold or whatever. So thank you to Teresa. And I always give that advice. I also pass that on to other people when they're experiencing very similar things. I'm like, just do this thing. Let yourself feel the thing. And the the more that you just get to know sadness... Honestly, I just feel like when you go through it, the less it's like in your periphery, you went through it. So the box is gone, you know, it might come back again, but you're like, all right, here we go. Let's do this again. Let's see what you got. And, you know, at some point it, the boxes are smaller. The box of sadness is smaller, whatever you want to keep going with this analogy or not. But anyways, um, I also just going back really fast to that, the point about us being productive people and not wanting, I mean, that's just part of capitalism, right? Like this obsession with needing to be productive and the amount of shaming that we feel like we've been quarantined for X amount of days and I'm tired. Currently I'm looking for a remote job because my coffee shop job um, does not pay me enough uh, to survive here. So I've been searching for job applications or jobs like every day and The other day, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this day. I just don't feel like it. It's not, ya estoy harta. Like, you know? And I let myself just be sick of it and not work on job applications that that day. Instead of being like, well, Genesis, you should really be making use of your time, blah, 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 blah. No, it's like, I'm going to give myself permission. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm going to give myself permission to be done with job applications for today. And you know what? Just like this feeling came and passed, maybe I'm gonna feel like maybe this feeling will come again, or the excitement about doing it will come again, and I'll do this shit tomorrow. Right? There's time. We got time. So going back to that, it's like, you know, we tell ourselves all these stories about, oh well, if you if I don't dedicate X amount of hours to finding a job every single day, I won't find a job. And if I don't have a job, it's because I didn't put enough effort, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Maybe that's the case for you. For some people, that might be the case. I can't say that's the case for me. Um, if anyone knows me, I put in 
hell a lot of work to everything that I do. So instead of telling myself, oh, it's because of my lack of hard work or whatever uh, that I that I didn't that I haven't heard anything back. Like that's not true. And what is real is that you know there's just a lot of uncertainties right now. And instead of trying to project all these like negative things of what could happen and why all these things are happening, I think you know that's what happens when you have a lot of uncertainties. I like to say I think there's another. This is, I'm talking about like thirty poems, but another poem I have is uh something related to uncertainty is this is this big canvas that we project all of our fears onto and during these times this is what we like to do this coronavirus is a huge blank canvas it's like oh my god what's going to happen you know and and there are legitimate fears i'm not trying to say that people's fears are legitimate illegitimate but you could also project if it's a blank canvas for which you have a paintbrush you could project or paint negative scenery things that scare you things that make you feel cynical or you can paint things that give you hope and things that give you a sense of peace and i need i need to differentiate i'm not telling you to be naive and not read you know look read the news or keep up to date that's not what i'm saying but to still have hope i don't think there's there's harm in having hope there's difference between being ignorant and having hope (laughs) So I'm not telling you to be ignorant. I'm telling you to have hope and to use this time to be creative, even with just the ideas that you project onto this uncertain future and see how that changes your everyday. See how that changes how you interact with each day during this quarantine. Um, Yeah, y'all. Ooh, that was a lot. I'm thirsty. Let me take a sip of water. <laughs> Please drink water. Mm. Ooh. Well, I hope this gave you something to just kind of chew on. I'd love to know your thoughts. So please DM me if you feel like this resonated with you. And yeah, also, um, for those of you listening, next Wednesday, I don't know what date that is. Next Wednesday, let me check my calendar. Next Wednesday is April 2nd. No, 1st, April 1st. And this is not an April Fool's joke. On April 1st, I will be having a live poetry reading with the collective Artspoke in Madrid. Please follow them on Instagram. If you do not follow them, I will be posting it on my Instagram. I'll be advertising on my Instagram as well, but I'll have a live poetry reading with them next Wednesday. I'm very excited and very honored to be asked to read my poetry live. So please tune into that if you're interested. And yeah, I wish you all the very best. Please keep me posted with how y'all are doing um and thanks for listening y'all take care